This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, hello. This is Rachel, and I am here with Amanda and one of our most exciting guests for this season. We have Mel Danicky from Musee, from Viridian Productions. She is doing all of the amazing things. She has so many hats, including an awesome maroon one we see her wearing right now. So welcome, Mel. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Ooh, can you please sing all of your responses? (laughs) (laughs) It's like very typical me to be just singing any response. The way that I try out new riffs now is by sneezing and then whatever comes out is like oh okay cool that's that's something <laughs> and my roommates are like yeah yo that was dope and then they're trying it and it's great so we have a very musical household here 45 seconds in and you've already gotten a great new tip of how to do your riffs way to go <laughs> Awesome. That's excellent. So I did not do you justice. So maybe you can do yourself better justice than I can and give a little bit more about who you are for those folks who may not know you. Sure. So my name is Mel Danicky. And basically, I'm an acapella producer, performer, engineer, arranger. I am... Musee's kind of live DJ beatboxer lady on stage, um, which has been really cool and really fun to experiment with. I'm kind of known for, and I'm starting to, I only know this because of what people say, and it's kind of my vibe, but I'm known as like the producer in acapella that does a lot of heavy production on (laughs) mixes, which is fine. And I'm cool with natural mixes, of course, but it's really cool to dive into like super electronic sounds made from humans it's kind of my vibe and yeah and so I own Viridian Productions which is my acapella production education and arranging company and that's kind of the thing that I do the most I also teach voice lessons sometimes and every week that's also a different hat but yeah (laughs) acapella wise like that's my jam awesome so can we start with Musee so you are doing something really unique I've seen you guys perform a couple of times now where you just have a DJ table set up to the side where did all of this come from and what's actually going on at your table? That is a great question because everyone assumes that I'm looping, which is going to be a thing in the near future, utilizing Ableton. And now that we have a consistent sound engineer where we can really hone that in, who's done that sort of stuff before, Caleb uh, Weldon, he's Five Clock Shadow and yeah, and he was in Overboard and an awesome, awesome dude. And he's done a lot of that stuff before. So he's kind of helping me out with that, with the behind the scenes stuff. But what's happening at this table okay so the beginning of the of time I'm gonna like rewind here <laughs> when I first joined Musee it was myself Joe Angela Hannah and Courtney and that was kind of like the next chapter of Musee because it was six people for a while and then when they got me in there as their new vocal percussionist they were like cool let's let's do the same sort of things that we want to do but let's start incorporating some different elements like looping or using some gear the first time we looped it was at Knack and it was like Musee, we have to rehearse on our own because we live literally all over the U.S. And so that gig was awesome, but also really stressful when it comes to looping because with looping, you have to rehearse a lot. You have to like make sure that like your timing is perfect. And so that gig, things went well, crossing our fingers, but I was also like, oh my gosh, I have to like practice so much more. So for a while, like looping kind of like scared the crap out of me. So I was like, I think I'm going to just take a second and not loop. And I'm doing it way more now. Like I'm like enjoying it. And I'm like at my 505 like a lot. And and it's great. But since then, I haven't really incorporated any looping. And now I'm doing.
doing it. So it's like five years later. And now I'm like, cool, I'm ready to hop back into looping and I'm woohoo. But okay, so the DJ table thing started because I wanted to create more of a show that was beyond just the voice for us. And I wanted to also figure out a way that we would get hired, not because we were like five voices and like a beatboxer, but like what other element sets us apart from being another, like another female group uh, that has five girls. We have elements like that already with just being us. Joe, like we all have, I can like literally sing everyone's praises that's currently in the group right now. Like right, the iteration of it right now is like Angela, myself, Jesse, Joe, and Lily. And Lily's our like newest member and she's just in beautiful beautiful soprano and like has all sorts of styles that she could sing and it's it's incredible and joe i mean she has low notes that sometimes men have a hard time hitting so it's like it's incredible so i wanted to keep going with that and being like okay well what else what else can we do that could be even cooler and i'm really into electronic music and i love electronic music it's not my roots like my roots are in like classic rock and like celine dion and like all that kind of stuff but what i discovered about electronic music and like kind of like grimes and and how to there's an artist called grimes and an artist called how to dress well and major laser like those are all super diplo all super big inspirations for me and i was like how can i incorporate this into what i do which is what i also love to do which is all vocal music and like choir and contemporary vocal music and things like that the only way for me was all right well let's add some looping or let's add some technology let's add some sampling let's see what i could do here and so for a while i was using ableton and an APC 40 <laughs> to do some like live triggering and live sampling. And that was really cool. I wasn't like super satisfied with like the way that I was doing it. And there were latency issues on stage with my interface and sound engineers were like, this is going to be easy. You're an acapella group. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, hold on wait. a second. <laughs> you, yeah, you wait one second. And they were like, oh no, I thought it was just going to be five mics. And I'm like, did you read our tech writer? And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Ugh. and that was mostly at schools where, you know, it's like a college or university and they just expect one thing. Right. And so like they don't even bother to, to read it. And it's like a lesson learned for them. But then it's also like, cool, let's figure out the fastest, most efficient way we can <laughs> use the things we have. So that made me want to like kind of change things up and make sure I was really clear with what I needed. And the computer element of it, I'm starting to use that now again. But like in the beginning, I was like, it's really hard for me to rely on like a computer and the latency and, and everything that goes along with that live part. So anyway, long story short... I just went on a whole tangent, but <laughs> what I use now, it's a lot of the gear has been trial and error, basically. I've like switched in and out tons of gear. And by tons, I mean like maybe five or six pieces of gear <laughs> over the last three or four years we've been doing this. And what has stayed has been my Roland SPDSX. You'll see that at most big concerts with a drummer that's playing in the back, he'll have a Roland alongside with his drum set for those electronic sounds and those electronic kits. I also use a four 404SX, Roland 404SX for sampling, which is also great for beat making. I also use the RMX 1000, which is a DJ effect station. And I also use the MicroKorg vocoder. So those four things are what I've been using for the past two years. I just started using the remix station and the MicroKorg the beginning of 2018. And so the other two I've been using, like the two Roland pieces I've used for the past two years. And then the other two, I just added 
added to our set and it just brings our set to a whole new level of electronic dj show slash you get the classics of our doo stuff that we and by doo i mean like you know just like throw back your bops yeah our yeah our like our things that we could do naturally really well like we'll do this will be and like this will be that oh. song and it's so dope and it's so great and then we'll like go and do like an edm track we just do what we want to do which i think is really fun we're like we could do this and that and so why not put it all in one show and then try and seamlessly <laughs> put it together so it makes sense and more recently we've just been adding those electronic elements to all of our songs we cover magic by coldplay and for a while we didn't have any of the electronic stuff with that we were like we want to keep it chill we want to keep it like the original but then i listened back to the original and i'm like this is all electronic drums synthy stuff and so now i added the vocoder and element to it and it's been like super cool and a favorite that people walk away with because of the arrangement in and of itself and what we sound like and then also the element of the washy synthy atmosphere that's been added so it's been really cool when people come to our shows and they're like what is that table on the side you know and they're like they're like what is she gonna do over there and it's just been really cool to get feedback from people about what they think and how it's always 99% positive stuff and I don't know yeah we just have a good time with it and we keep trying to figure out more ways of how we can add more to that set to that part of our set yeah so I wonder you know you talked a little bit about people not knowing what to do or what to think when they see you come out with your gear with all your stuff do you find that to bring it back to sort of the nature of our show do you find that that you blow people's minds because you're a chick like you know what I mean do people like underestimate you because because you're female well I you know for a while and I think this is when I was just starting to produce and I still think I mean even though I've been doing this for quite a few years now I still feel sometimes that I'm new but that's like an imposter syndrome and a lot of women in music have imposter syndrome which is amen you know yeah (laughs) it's like oh I feel like maybe um I don't really know anything and like I'm just and then someone's gonna find out that I don't know anything it's like actually I do like I do and I'm I'm not bad like I'm actually pretty good and you have to like kind of be like no 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 you don't have a pos- get out of here like it's like <laughs> it's like in your head and you're like nope that's not true that's just not true get out of here self-doubt <laughs> So I've honestly been trying to train my brain to like not even think that that's a thing anymore and be like, this is the normal. This is Mm -hmm. the norm. Being a chick and being on stage and being a DJ or like working with technology in a musical sense in a live setting and having that element is like totally normal you know and absolutely (laughs) and like I completely understand that it wasn't and it cannot be always because it's DJs or like electronic music artists typically they're like oh well there's like a man behind there producing for them and it's like "Uh, well technically like no not always and that can be frustrating for sure when people come up to me afterwards and they're like that was crazy man I had no idea that you were gonna be on stage doing that stuff how do you do that thing and (laughs) I'm like thanks like and it's never because I'm like a chick right and 
and I celebrate that. But at the same time, it's like, this is who you are because you're you. And that's really cool. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. And then everybody else on stage with me is also just as badass in their own way. So then it's like this whole element of cool. We're just badass women doing our badass thing just because we are who we are. Yep. We may have mentioned that on previous episodes. I think we've brought up music a few times nice. as, a, as a good example of that. So changing gears, tell us a little bit about the process of the how and the why of Viridian Productions, because I know there are so few women business owners, especially in this arena. So how did you take that leap? Yeah. Uh, so like, I think for a while I was working elsewhere in other capacities as a producer and I kind of just felt like I wanted to do everything on my own and create my own opportunities. And I've always, that's something that one of my teachers from college kind of instilled in me. I had two things that have stuck with me throughout my musical career. And it's one of my high school teachers that said, music can take you places. And the other thing that one of my college voice teachers said, which was, if nothing happens for you or you're not feeling like the opportunity that you're currently in is you either feel like good enough or you feel good about or or you have no other opportunities coming your way create your own opportunity such good advice so good and it's not easy the transition going from a producer at a company elsewhere to being my own doing it everything on my own was a really difficult transition it was hard to convince people that I had already been doing things like I'd already I'm not like new of like like I'm not a new producer <laughs> but like my company's new right you know, but well hey I just bought a microphone and I put some software on my computer so I'm ready to go right right <laughs> exactly well that's all great and finding good and like yes do that people who are listening it's not easy the transition just wasn't easy because then you now you're your own business owner now you're your own boss now you have to motivate yourself every day to get up and put normal clothes on that aren't sweatpants and hey, I mean, sweatpants are also great, like, you know, whatever. But like, for me, like, I need to feel like at least that I'm done up in some way that I could just be like, cool, I'm going to work and it's in the other room. And <laughs> <laughs> I, it takes me two minutes to get to work because it's down the hall. Same. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that was difficult. But I think it's ultimately really rewarding because I'm 100% involved in the music, the logistics, the business, the everything part that goes into every project that I do. So for me, as somebody who's kind of a control freak, it's it gives me a <laughs> peace of mind. But it also gives me that element of, okay, the, everything is your fault if something goes wrong. It's always going to be your fault and you have to figure out how to deal with something if something goes wrong or if things go terribly right. It's like, amazing. I need to learn from this and make sure that I'm continuing to learn. And that was the one thing this past year that I've been doing a lot of is taking courses, reading a crap ton of books. I mean, all I hear from like producers that have done their own home studios and have built them from the ground up is read XYZ book. Are you doing this? Do you have this CRM in place? Is your business intact? Because if your business isn't intact, then, you know, no matter how good your mixes are, you're probably not going to have a good client face that you're putting on. So there's a lot of that that I've been learning entrepreneur wise and learning a lot from things that I'm like, okay, cool. Next time, like time wise, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Like I've learned a lot from doing things on my own, but it's also been really rewarding. And I've met 
a lot more people doing things on my own. So it's been really cool. And I haven't really gotten any like weird. I, I guess I expected it some like weird like, oh, like she's like a chick and doing and a producer and like doing all this stuff on her. But then again, like kind of going back to what I was saying before, it's the whole element of like, well, this is normal and this just needs to be normal. And I'm going to just I'm going to act like it's normal. I've taken a producer course and there's a Slack channel that goes along with it. And there's like at least 800 people in the Slack channel. But like there's not a lot of activity on it always. But there's also some calls each week to keep everybody motivated and I haven't seen one chick yet it's me and a bunch of dudes so it's a little bizarre but I'm also used to it by now and I yep yep and I also don't try to act like I'm one of the boys like I'm just like it's just me doing my thing Mm -hmm. so that's been cool to kind of just like add the element of okay well uh, you know I I so happen to be a chick and um but I'm just doing my thing yeah so I don't know (laughs) I guess that's like the how and the why is like I just decided to create my own opportunity because I wanted to yeah that's awesome (laughs) and that's a very legitimate and reasonable reason to do that yeah totally so for people who might be like I feel like you've given so much good advice but I wonder if you might have a specific piece of advice for people who are looking to do something similar to what you've done is there anything that you feel like any nuggets you can share wow it's funny because I just had a call with someone who's going to be on my team pretty soon and she's awesome and I'm like you're literally me just six seven years ago what I would say is to oh man (laughs) There's so many things. I know. I know, right? What I would say is if you're trying to get into acapella or like performing or producing or like both, I think the biggest thing is don't let anybody get in your way and take feedback well. Hmm. Take the feedback on like the technical and on the social, but also don't let anyone stop you from doing your thing. And Hmm. I think that's important. I've taken a lot of feedback on like my mixes and my work and all that stuff. And I think that's super important. It's always be grateful because if you're asking for feedback and then you're oh well this is why I did it and yeah and I don't care what you think anymore and whatever like you're being mean it's like no actually they're trying to be really helpful and help you they're not just being mean to be mean so I think taking critical feedback well and using that as a tool for the future and what you do moving forward trying to be self-aware and thinking about if you're in a situation that's either professional or personal and it rubs you the wrong way trying to take yourself out of it and be like okay let's like rationally think about this versus popping off which is something that I did for a really long time I'm an impulsive person so I'm just like that made me mad so I'm gonna be mad and like <laughs> Muse will tell you we would go on for like sound checks and things would either work or not work and I would just be like this stop. I just can't I'm so mad. and like they'd be like Mel it's gonna be fine like the show's gonna be great and then the show's great and then it's just like why was I mad so I think like just taking a step back in any social or professional situation and always trying to analyze and be self-aware taking critical feedback being self-aware and working on yourself always in a personal way and giving yourself oh and then see and this, this is something I need to take my own advice is giving yourself breaks and setting boundaries those would be my producer advice setting boundaries and giving yourself breaks because if you're a producer you're gonna want to go 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 and 12 hours at a time especially if you're by yourself and you have like a thousand projects and you're going to be on it all the time, you need to give yourself a break or else you'll have burnout. And I've experienced that more than once and it's not fun. Um, <laughs> we see it all over the place. People come in yeah. and, you know, within a year or two, you're like, where did that person go? Oh, they just gave up because it was too much. <laughs> too yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have to pace yourself. You really do. Because you think you're resilient, especially when you're like in your early 20s. You're like, I'm resilient. I can do anything. I'm invincible. I can wake up and not be hungover after like seven drinks. Right. That stuff will start to deteriorate <laughs> so, so soon. Mm-hmm. And it, all of it does, though. And so I think being kind to yourself is important and not beating yourself up over like a mix that you don't think sounds good or trying something out and failing that's something that I've been trying to do more of is just like putting myself out there putting my work out there and just trying something without judgment of myself and even if someone's like oh what I, like that's kind of weird it's like well you didn't do it so you're still behind <laughs> the computer and you didn't do anything so like you could stay in your little bubble but I'm gonna try and keep working on myself and furthering my goals and my abilities so that I could be the best person I can be. And I think that's a lot of, I mean, I feel like a lot of music is in the business of it is so mental in that way because it is so personal and professional yep. at the same time. So I think those are my <laughs> long golden nuggets of wisdom, I guess. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you so much, Mel. That was, you can go on and on. For, we're going to have to have you back because I feel like we just started this conversation like and I'm looking at the time ago. ticker yeah. and I'm like, oh, why do we only have 30 minutes for these episodes? But thank you so much to Mel. And if you have a chance to go out and see Musée, if they're coming through town and they travel all over the place. So I definitely recommend it because you guys are doing something that's very unique and very forward thinking. Absolutely. Um, And also make sure you check out Viridian Productions because Mel is doing some amazing work behind the studio mic and Pro Tools and things like that. You will not be disappointed. So thanks again, Mel. And we'll be back next week with Amanda Perdue from CCSU. Hey, this is Amanda and Rachel, your hosts of Vocal Perspective, and today we're going to talk about uh, the inevitability of your group not making it all the way to the top of a competition for something that you prepare weeks or months for, and then you get eliminated in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, and then you have all of this time left over at the end of the year, at the end of the school year. How do you keep your group's morale? I mean, it's a morale killer when you don't make it through. So how do you make the rest of your year productive and fun? And I think knowing that these are options before the competition season even starts lets you think ahead and lets you not be as devastated when your competition season is over. And there are so many things that you can do. In fact, in some ways, not moving on frees you up to do more and uh, more things that bond you, that connect you, than might otherwise happen if you then still had to practice the same three or four songs over and over again ad nauseum. (sighs) Yes. Sometimes it is a relief when the competition is over and you're like, oh, hey, guys, we have a full rep and we can stop practicing these three songs. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So some of the things that I would recommend groups prepare for in case of losing your competition goal is recording your set. Either record it as a live thing so that you have it or or bring it into Mm -hmm. the studio. You can make some videos along with it, but you worked so hard on that competition set. So preserving it makes it feel like it wasn't all for nothing. Because even if you didn't move on, I bet it's some of the best singing and performing that you'll ever do. You've worked that set, those songs, you know, so hard that it makes so much sense to immortalize that. 
for yourselves and yes. and future members of the group. Yeah. And, you know, as an older personnel that's got some distance between myself and my college days, you know, when I go back and listen to my old albums, it's they're not very good. <laughs> I mean, they're before the modern production style, but, you know, it's still I remember all the fun that I had. So absolutely. I'd encourage you to get it, record it, digitize it, preserve totally. it forever. You'll be glad you did. Some of the other things that you can do is you can plan a tour or you can invite your new friends to a concert at your school because one of the best parts about competition is you get to meet all of these other groups and a lot of times they have very similar interests yeah. to you they go to a school in a city that maybe will be a little bit more interesting yeah. than yours you know I went to a little school in a little village so a reason to go to New York City or a reason to go to Boston would have Wonderful. been kind totally. of awesome I think too it gives you an opportunity to take the feedback from the judges at your competition and work on that. Those are obviously professionals or people who have a ton of experience in the field. And anything that they say is something to work on sort of globally, not necessarily specifically towards your particular song choices. But if you can expand that feedback into something that might be more, I don't know, a broader, I don't know, thing you can work on, that that's something to do. Right. And you know, you get a lot of practice just preparing for a concert, especially if it's not like a super low stakes concert, like it's just your friends coming. But if you're going to a new school and you kind of want to show off a little bit, like you're still going to put some effort into it. And, and then you get to hang out with all of these new friends, because let's be honest, that's why we do this. It's for friends. We produce one superstar every five or six years in acapella. So the likelihood that it's going to be you is, is low. <laughs> except for you. Um, you, so, you right now. No, the except for him. Yes. Right now. You listener, you're going to be the next John Legend or Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> Um, but some of the other things that you can do have nothing to do with singing. You don't have a clock running on you. So you can do something other than have three hour rehearsals, spend an afternoon playing laser tag or going to an yes. escape room or just going to brunch or, you know, something that you do as a group that's not just like, oh, hey, let's meet up in the dining hall with three of us, you know, almost on yeah. accident. Go on a retreat. But like Go plan on a retreat time. Yeah, retreats are about, fun. You know, the things that you learned as part of the process, the things you want to do in the upcoming months or maybe even semesters or years, depending on where you are in your group's history. Give yourselves a chance to bond over something where the stakes aren't so high. And then, right. you know, there's no blame for possible mistakes that happened. Yeah. And something that I did sometimes with my acapella group, but more often it was with my college swim team, is we would go and do community Aww. service projects together. And it wasn't necessarily very related to what we were doing. So we weren't like teaching swimming or we weren't, sometimes we weren't singing when yeah. we'd go out, but we would just do something as a team that would help us bond outside of singing notes right, on the page. I mean, you are broader than that. You are, as human beings, more than just your ability to sing together in harmony. And Right. And, you know, going to a nursing home or retirement community or a school or a preschool or you're sharing your talents in a way that they're intended Absolutely. to be shared. And sharing that love and joy of what you're doing is, I think, I would hope anyway, a huge reason of why you decided to participate in this medium in the first place. Exactly. And then the one other thing that I would maybe recommend you spending some extra time on is fundraising, whether it's for yourself so that the group has some money to go and compete or do fun things the following year, or just make a life changing donation to something that you care about. So if the group doesn't necessarily need the money, maybe you donate to a local women's shelter or a local homeless shelter or a local school project, or there's plenty of places out there that need your money. And if you can use your voice to raise that money, good for 
you. And that, you know, it makes you feel like you're doing more than just rehearsing a couple times a week with your friends. I love all those ideas. (laughs) If you do all of that, you almost forget that there was a competition that you were hoping to get to anyway. (laughs) I love that. Well, so best of luck in your competition, but know that there are things that you can do if finals are not in your future. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Vocal Herspective. We hope we were able to give you a few things that you can take with you as the announcements for the 2020 ICCA and ICHSA season is about to be announced. We'll be back next week with Amanda Perdue. Thank you so much again to Mel Danicky for her great advice and taking the time to speak with us. For those of you listening to the radio broadcast, now enjoy a track from Musée. See you next week.